For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good Monday morning, Eagles fans. It is an undefeated Monday because the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles are undefeated. They are one to know, and there's a lot to break down from yesterday's win against the Detroit Lions in Motown. And here to help me do it is Barrett Brooks. So, uh, are, are you going to smile about it, Jody? Are you going to smile about the win, or are we just going to go right into bitching? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little bit of both because that's exactly <laughs> what that game was yesterday. Barrett yeah, Brooks well, is yeah, here well. with me today. John McMullen in transit, coming back from uh, Motown out there, covering it for us and Sports Illustrated and everybody else. So Barrett was good enough to get up early for me when I asked our uh, associate producer, uh, Xander, to uh, see if he can get me a good eagle guy on to fill in for Johnny Mac. I suggested uh, Barrett Brooks, and damn, he's here with us. Well, man, I, you know, I, got up, I even got up a little early. I got up at 6.30 so I could work out. Worked nice. out this morning. Xander called me at... Uh, he called me, what, is 7.35. Hey, you up, man? Of course I'm up, man. I got to be up for Jody now. Jody asked. He has to receive. So I got up. even put on a college shirt for you. And it was a polo, but it's still a college you, shirt. You, you look Just good, my friend. Ready. Yeah, yeah you're, ready you're, you're ready to rock, as am I. We both got the golf shirt on. Yes, sir. Um, but the Eagle offense was dressed up and ready to go. A 38 spot. Jalen Hurts played well. 
Uh, A.J. Brown, everything he was advertised to be when he got a $100 million contract. And then there was the defense. So we're going to break both sides down. The bottom line is the Eagles won. I thought they would win handily. I didn't see the defense being as inept as it was. I thought it would be a walk in the park in Detroit. It was anything but. But a win is a win is a win is a win. And that's what everybody said after the game yesterday, Barrett. More the offensive guys saying that than the defensive guys. Defensive guys maybe a little bit in hiding. 38-35, what is your take about the 1-0 and Eagles? It depends on where you want me to go with it, Joe. You, mean? you go wherever you want. Well, I mean, I, I, I thought the team as a whole played well. Um, you, you look at the offensive line, I thought that they were put in some tough positions. I thought they came through, scored when they needed to score. Uh, move the crowd when they needed to move it. You know, they need the first down, run in behind them. And, and even on that last, um, that fourth and, and one or, or less than one, man, I don't think this game from a officiating perspective was was called good. You know, I, I, you know, they were clearly all out of, you know, off sides on that play. I mean, they were touching each other on the helmet. That's how close they were on the line of scrimmage. They were touching each other and they didn't, there was no call for that. Uh, I thought that, you know, when, when you look at Jalen Hurts, a lot of extra hitting, a lot of extra punishment he took, even when sliding. You know, I thought that was some BS. But the team as a whole, I thought they played well. Even defensively, I thought they played well at times defensively also. Really? Yes. I, I thought um, Gannon – Could you could you enlighten me on those plays? Well, defensively – they were few and far between. Yes, the big six <laughs> was great. Because here White tips it up, Bradbury grabs it, takes it to the house. But other than that, they, they – not enough resistance on – First drive right down the field. Uh, well, he came running to him like they're paper mache. Joe, we got to keep people off the bridge. You know, stay away from Ben Franklin. You know, don't go over there because when you look at the defense, they blitzed a lot more. They're a lot more sound. But what you can take from this is our big guys up front need to come to work next time. Yeah. You know, for, for the majority of the game, not just in, 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 in spurts. Um, from a From a secondary – and linebacker level, level two, I thought those guys played great. But I just didn't see enough from the big guys up front. I need. I, I thought I was going to see a little more pass rush from the guys in the middle, even though Fletcher Cox and, and, and I didn't think Hargrave was necessarily being an impact out there. You know, no. That's not the Hargrave I'm used to seeing. Fletcher came to play. Fletcher was, you know, Fletcher was one-on-one. He was beating the guy, getting pressure back, but there were no pressure on the outside. And, and – to be honest with you, those are two really good tackles. Penne Sewell and Decker, first, both of them first-rounders. Both of them can play the game. Sometimes you just get an even matchup between the two the two uh, guys going against each other. And I think that's, that's along the lines of what happened. They went up against two really good offensive tackles in Tyler Decker and uh, Penne Sewell and couldn't create enough pressure on them. I think that was the biggest thing that, um, that was very evident. I need more from the guys outside. Brandon Graham, I didn't see enough out of him. But even though he was going hard, BG didn't get the pressure I thought he was going to get. My guy Sweat, I thought he was going to be all world. He had two sacks last year against him. He didn't get the pressure. He didn't get a sack. And neither one of those um, of our, our defensive ends sniffed the quarterback. They ain't even. They weren't even around him. So I, I, that's where I have the most um, the most cause to pause on the defense. The lack of pass rush by the big guys up front. They're using the strength of our team. They weren't the strength in pass rushing this time. I thought that, uh, you know, 
Jared Goff was comfortable back there. And I think it's more so because the two guys, Tyler Decker and uh, Penny Sewell, had phenomenal games. They played up to to what you, you know you you would think out of two guys who was drafted in the first round, who are supposed to be bookends, and they were definitely bookends. I will not knock the Lions' offensive line. Uh, new coming in, they had a good offensive line, but as you mentioned, most of those guys were there last year when the Eagles ran rampant. Over yes, the Lions. yes. Uh, so. Uh, maybe they improved. Ragnow came into the game, supposed to be hurt at center. Didn't look like he was hurt or played hurt to me. No. Uh, looked pretty damn dominant. Um, again, they might we, they might have they might have pulled the wool over our eyes a little bit, Jody. Uh, on the whole <laughs> Ragnow not being a hundred percent thing, maybe. Um, because you said Fletcher played well. Fletcher played the best of the defensive tack. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank but you. but yes. it doesn't make it great. Because Hargrave, to me, was missing in action. Yes. And the big guy, who we've been sold a lot of promise on, Jordan Davis, Davis, because he's as big as he is and athletic as he is. All that is great. It needs to turn itself into plays being made on the field. Now, they didn't use him as much as I thought they were going to. We knew he was going to be a situational substitution guy to start. He wasn't on the field as often as I thought he would be, or I would have liked to see him, but he really made one play in the entire game. He kind of went down the line, played well, uh, and and was able to get in on a tackle. He created no pass rush in the middle, and that wasn't his forte at uh, Georgia, but he didn't give him any extra push in the middle on passing plays when he was no. in there on the few plays where they passed while he was still on the field. And Hassan Reddick, wait, did they pay him a whole lot of money to come in here and get to the quarterback this offseason? Absolutely. Jared, yes, I, yes. I didn't see too many times when he was in Jared Goff's face. No. Their defensive line was a complete no-show yesterday. Yeah, and, um, you know, like I said, um, and they tried to put him in different places. I saw him rush from linebacker level. I saw him rush from the outside. I didn't see any production out of him either. But that might just go with um, how good that offensive line was with that. With Detroit, I, I I said going in that they would have a, a pretty promising offensive line, even though those were the same guys that were there last year. Pretty promising. In fact, I thought they were a little weaker because they didn't have Big V there to start. Right. So, but, I mean, the, the kid that went in there actually played okay. Uh, I knew uh, Jonah Jackson was 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 as advertised. He's good. Their left guard, he's good. Uh, Tyler Decker's good. But, you know, Kramer – no. Uh, Steinberg, Stenberg, no. Those guys aren't good at the left guard position. So it should have been more of a um, more of a day for Fletcher Cox. And when you look at our defensive line, you didn't see guys we thought we were going to see. Um, Hargrave was missing in action. And that's that's the problem because I I expected him to be one of the dominant guys at the defensive line this year. I thought he was going to be a dominant force. And that's only because I've seen him be that guy. This is early in the year. He usually fades towards the end of the year. Well, this time he's, they didn't come, he didn't show up this game. Is it a you know possibility that the offensive line is better than you know what we thought they were? Yeah, that could be the case. But that's still the same team I saw in hard knocks. I mean, they were a sieve in hard knocks. They were giving up everything in hard knocks. They came to play this time. They came to play. Maybe we'll find out more about this today, but – um, as far as, and you can, you can read in too much with this, but I'm 
I don't believe that's the case here. Uh, we knew the Eagles were going to use a rotating uh, bunch of guys on the defensive line, specifically in the middle. Uh, guys like uh, Williams going to be able to move in and out, play both inside and out. He ended up playing 33 snaps. Marlon Tulipoloto played 29. He played 29 snaps. Jordan Davis played 22 snaps. How does how does uh, guys who we weren't even sure were going to make the team end up playing more snaps than David? Do they have a specific package involved with him that he's only going to play? Again, maybe I set my sights too high. I know John said his too high because he thought he was going to revolutionize the position. First game of the year, he played less than uh, 40% of the snaps. Uh, did we put too much pressure on this young man and set expectations too high for him? We absolutely – I don't think we set him too high. This is just his introduction into playing full-speed football. This was this was, this was was a game-type situation. This is where it gets amped up from the preseason to the regular season by 20%. And with him not playing a lot in the, in the, in the, in the preseason, my expectation was – I knew that this defense, I knew that this team period would be, would not be up to par when it becomes to when the lights turn on. I knew they would be behind the buck against this Lions team because they hadn't done enough in the preseason to prepare their bodies going into the regular season. Jody Mack, that's this is this is exactly why you um you have your guys play play during the preseason just so they can get used to the game. You can't get in shape with, play, with football unless you play football. You can come in and run the shape all you want to, but when it comes to the dynamics of hitting somebody, pushing somebody, running and tackling people, you know, finishing plays, you just don't do it unless you do it on the field. And that's the problem. It's like when you're out there in practice and you're practicing your guys, it's almost like one, two, cha-cha-cha. Get to your point, get to your leverage point, and then basically it's over with. You're not have, you don't have to go out there as an offensive lineman and finish the play. You're not finishing the play to the, uh, the guy to the ground. When you're an offensive line, you hit a guy. That's when the play starts is when you hit him. Then you have to finish him. You got to gain leverage on him, get to where you need to go so where the ball is going. Then you have to finish the play or maybe flat back him or something like that. If you don't train your body to do that, it's going to take you a while to get in shape in doing that. And that's another thing that I saw that was key to me in the second half, that this team isn't really in football shape. They might be in shape as far as running, they might be in shape as far as being in in um in, in lowers, but they're definitely not in shape for to go through the whole um game full speed, lights out, total effort right now. They're not and they're that, just not ready yet. And Barrett, that's why the game was so difficult to digest. Yes. You're right. Defensively, I you know I've been if you watch the show at all, uh, certainly Johnny Mack knows and all our streamers know. I've been complaining, I've been whining, I've been moaning about how can you get ready for a season when you've got uh, you've only got such a short amount of time to practice to begin with because they've collectively bargained it all away and you're not even going to take it all you, you're going to go this many days no pads whatsoever right walk through after walk through after walk you're not going to walk in a game on sunday what are you walking through on practice for so i had my issues with the way the eagles did it. now they get the game one they're very healthy Andre Dillard, only injury, everybody else 100% healthy. So they can say, hey, see, it worked. Except they went out and they couldn't tackle air Yes, yeah, that's, that's the problem, Jody. That's what you saw. Guys weren't finished to play trying to run through guys. Swift 
you know, he ran roughshod over us. And that's simply because they were able to maximize their camp and, and, and play more physical football than the Eagles because they were more physical in camp. They were more physical in how they approached this season. Uh, Dan Campbell had his guys ready to play. Eventually, you know, athleticism took over because the Eagles have better athletes and a better team than Detroit. But if you go and when you watch film, you're going to see it's evident that they need to do a little more as far as, um, well, I mean, they'll, they'll, they know the pace of the game now. So guys like, you know, you know uh, Kelsey and all those guys, they'll be ready to play, you know, from this point forward. But this is their first initial contact, full speed, and how it's going to be for the rest of the season. You know, it, it, it kind of took them off guard. It might have put Davis in a position like, wow, they really do go. Now he sees what he has to do to amp it up. There'll be a couple of guys running after practice from this point on, rest assured of that, knowing that they're not really where they need to be going into this season. You need to go out there and practice in order to, and, and I kept telling people, I'm not a big fan of not going in and, and, and really getting your body ready to play. I mean, I, I mean, I love that they go in healthy, but those, you know, hour periods and hour and a half periods of me, um, practices that they have, they maximize them as far as getting in the work, but they're not maximizing the physicality of what they're going to face on Sunday. And that's the difference between what you saw from Detroit and what you're going to see this Monday. When you see this Monday, um, this is going to be a game. We're talking about a team. They just beat. Didn't they beat, just beat Green Bay? I think they beat Green Bay. Yeah, Vikings look very good offensively. Very good. That very Jefferson good. guy who could have been here in Philadelphia – uh, balled out yesterday again against the Packers. And, yeah, they the Eagles' defense will be tested again here in week number two. And that's the one thing that makes it so frustrating, B. You and I feel the same. The Eagles were not physically prepared for this first game. No. On the defensive not. side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, they look great. They yes. look like prepped, ready to go, all in sync. A.J. Brown, perfect fit. He and Jalen on the same page. Jalen running like a maniac back there, making plays with his legs, which, oh, by the way, I was worried about, that they were going to be so pass-heavy and oriented that they were going to lose that offensive weapon that they have, and that's Jalen Hurts with his legs, and that was not the case at all. Jalen was ready, willing, and able to take off and make big plays with his legs. So that's why it was so confounding a day. The defense looked like they were not prepared, not ready, not a, a full go to get the season underway. Right, right, right. The offense looked great. Well, I'm so, saying that the offense, the offense also looked a little tired. You know, I mean, because they scored a lot of points, did not, you know, mean so you, they're not. When they get up to speed, they're going to score more than 38 points. Well, they, they, you, the offensive line, you could tell that they weren't finishing the way I've seen them finish. Also, okay. so it's not just the defense that you know you got to look like. Even the offensive line. I mean, I didn't see them running down and finishing plays like I used. Just watch how they, you know, watch how. The games they played last year, and then look at the film of this year. I know a lot of people on the stream have Game Pass. Watch how you how they look. When I say finishing plays and being in shape, I mean after a block, they go downfield and start picking guys off. They did that a lot last year. You see, you didn't see that a lot in this game, and that's because their bodies aren't ready to do that. Their bodies are still tired, and they're not going out and and, and finishing plays like they used to. Finishing plays meaning running down, getting that extra block, doing a little extra, putting guys on their back. You didn't see a lot of that. You know, and, and and that's how you tell an offensive line if the offensive line is in shape or not. You start seeing little things as far as the finishing, and I didn't see that either. So, I mean, it's not just the defensive line and the defense. It's the offense also. They need to get in a little better shape too. They need to finish plays out a little more too. 
man, you're tougher than me. I, I give the I give the offense passing grades across the board. Well, yeah, you're going to give it to him, but you know, just the little things you can see. Watch. I mean, when I say finish plays, I mean finishing plays down the field. It was a lot of the times when you saw offensive linemen picking up receivers that, that had just been tackled. You didn't see a lot of that this game. And that's when you start seeing a team that's in shape. They finish plays. They run down. They're, they're, they're not stopping. A lot of times I saw those guys just sitting back and watching the play. Offensive linemen are not supposed to watch the play. You're supposed to finish the play, finish around the ball. And when you see guys kind of, you know, all right, looking where the ball is going, that means they're not all the way in shape to play a game also. You know, yeah. so you just can't pick on the defense. you got to see what the offense is doing too. Even though they scored a lot of points, there was a lot of meat left on the bone. A lot Spoke, of me left on the ball. Spoken like a true former offensive lineman in the league. <laughs> Barrett Brooks in for Johnny Mack with me here today on Birds 365. First guest coming up next. He's one of our favorites. Does a great job covering the Eagles for NJ.com. Chris Franklin going to give us a couple minutes of insight before he's got to get on a big old jet plane and come back here to Philadelphia. Chris Franklin joins us next on Birds 365. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on acting. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pond Lee Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 
and after win Monday here on Birds 365. Barrett Brooks in for Johnny Mac, who's coming back from Detroit. Our first guest still in Motown. He's leaving uh, shortly thereafter, and uh, we get a couple of first glances from him before he gets back here to Philly. He was there yesterday for the Eagles' debatable 38-35 win. Chris Franklin from NJ.com. Chris. Come down with us. So, how are you guys doing this morning? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, man. It's, who would have thought? You know what? I got to say this and really honest. Detroit's kind of growing on me. No Philly, but yeah, I say Detroit's got his little things to it. Who would have thought? You know, but. Yeah. <laughs> I, spent, I spent two years there, man. It's the spot, man. It's, it's actually an up-and-coming city. I played there two years. I mean, you got to get down to Greek town, man. If you, you go to Fishbone. It was that's some great food there, bro. Fishbone. Oh, where were you place. yesterday, man? I needed some of that. <laughs> <laughs> needed to tell him about it ahead of time. Now he's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. little alligator voodoo. Uh, thanks man. very much, Barrett. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm, I haven't eaten yet, so I'm hungry now. Thanks, appreciate right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, something Barrett and I kicked around in the first segment. Maybe you've got all the answers for us. The Eagles look like a team that didn't practice, didn't want to get ready didn't uh, know what day the season started on the defensive side of the ball. The Lions weren't all that talented an offensive team, went through them, over them, around them for a 35 spot. Luckily, the offense looked like a well-oiled machine. Like, what do you mean, Pratt? Who needs Pratt? We're perfectly fine. We're good to go. AJ and uh, Jalen, the boys, they're going to come in and kill the National Football League. It's so diversely opposite as good as the offense looked, the defense looked equally as bad. And it's the same team that was practicing or not practicing in the offseason, which we kind of questioned, certainly here on Bird 365. I'm pretty sure you did, too. How do you get such diverse re- results out of week one on each side of the ball? I think offensively, they were like they were willing to take some chances early. I mean, the Detroit defense didn't want to let that happen because they started blitzing. But you saw once they got comfortable, they were able to do that. I think defensively. I think they were trying to play it safe a lot. I think they were trying to trying to get some fillers out there and seeing not seeing Ben Johnson for the first time. And so he played a lot of that cover four and you see him spread out. But the problem was Detroit took a, the physical approach and said, okay, you want to try to do that? We're just going to run it right down the throats. And I thought there was a lot of things that this team needs defensively to clean up, especially when it comes to the run game. I don't think the defense is going to be as bad as, what, as it was yesterday, but it can because <laughs> they can do better, but there's still, still things needing to tweak on there. You know, looking at um, looking at them as a whole on the defensive side of the ball, man, I, I just didn't see, um, I didn't see the defensive line making that impact that I thought they were. That's the most experienced position we have on the um on the defense, and I thought they would step up a little more. I think it's more so. I don't know if you you saw this or not, but I think it's more so the experience and the players that, that Detroit had and 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 Tyler uh, Taylor Tyler Decker and Penny Sewell and Ragnow that really. Uh, they showed up, you know, so they might have just got whooped by a team that's, you know, a little better than they were. And I think also when you look at what they were doing, too, like the defensive line, especially early on when they were breaking, when Swift was breaking off those runs, they like they were over pursuing and they didn't have the gap discipline, too. So you oh, saw, that's right. Yeah, that was you saw, that's like, sweat going, you saw, like, the defensive ends, especially, they were rushing all the way upfield. And the next thing you know, it was like, okay, thank you very much. You just opened a big gap on one side. And then you look on the inside with the defensive tackles, they were getting washed down. So, I think overall, I think it was a lot of gap discipline. But once they, that and that's something they started to get better as the game goes on. But it's still, it still was. I, I you look at the look at the names, you're thinking like, okay, these guys should get more than one sack along that defensive line, and and 
the guys who got him, I gave him one because it was a half sack because it was a sweat in our cocks like that. But they need uh, Brandon Graham cocks, excuse me, but they need to do better in that line. But Chris, you know, and I know we're supposed to be interviewing you, but this is, you know, I just want to say this. Detroit took advantage of the aggressive nature of the defensive line also. Let me say that. The big plays that they had was a simple trap plays. And that what trap plays are, they let the defensive tackle get up the field. They trap them. Everybody else lets them up. And then that back just goes straight downhill. That's great scheming by the by the offensive coordinator, understanding how aggressive, how these guys run gap, get up the field to try to create havoc, and they just run right in behind them. That's great. Came back to that. Appreciate that, Chris. Appreciate no worry, it. No worry. Yeah, no, just- I, I appreciate it too, but he always be my question. After the first time they did it, the big play by Swift early on, do they not get coached up? Does a coach not get in their ear and remind them, hey, no, stay in your gap. Don't over-pursue. And they did it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. <laughs> At some point, you got to go, oh, well, you're a little bit too aggressive. We can understand. No. The first time you get burnt for 50, it's time to adjust. And they didn't adjust. What happened? And that's what I was wondering. It took for so long. I thought, especially after that first drive, you think they go, Okay, maybe we shouldn't go as much, or maybe play a little bit more contained, or what, what have you, and, and try to muscle it a little bit. But they didn't do that, and that's one that goes once again goes up to the defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, who I think he, he did not have his best day when you look at everything. And I thought when you started to see the Eagles actually starting to bring pressure side, when they brought Avante Maddox off the edge, when you started seeing their apply pressure, they were getting to golf. And when you have quarterbacks like Jared Goff, who will pretty much gift you two turnovers if you put pressure on them, and they just step back and do it. It's, but the game plan was a little – it didn't sit as well. And, and once again, they're, they're, they're saying they didn't know what Ben Johnson was doing. But I think after a while, especially after a, a one half of that, you got to make the adjustments to, to be able to stop that. I, you know, that's hard, though. That's hard from a, um, from a defensive standpoint when your scheme is to be aggressive like that. And you, I don't know if you could turn that off. You, it, when, you, when you go against a scheme like that, that's when you're, you're linebacking level have to be on point. You know, they have to make the play. But you can't tell these guys, don't bid up the field and be aggressive. And then they stop doing that. And then, you know, it takes you out of your scheme of what you're doing. So I think the linebackers then have to go out there and adjust to, you know, the aggressive nature that the defensive line. Because I, I got to have those guys still being aggressive, but I need that linebackers to make a point, you know. But, I mean, it's, it's just tough. Um, we still can't get – you know, we still can't get past the big plays in a run. You're right – but there's still so there's still a sense of urgency for Gannon to 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 finish cooking this stew. You know these guys haven't played together for a long time. You know there's still guys still trying to get to a point where they understand each other, playing with each other. You know we're talking about C.J. Um, Garner Johnson. He's still learning how to be and where his fit is in the run game. And and you know um, you know you still have linebackers like Kazir White still trying to fit in where he fits in. You know you only gonna get that after reps and reps and reps. They'll eventually learn that, but. I, yes, defensively we saw some some holes, but I, I, as a whole, I I saw a little more aggressive nature from Gannett. Did you see that aggressive nature? I saw it a little bit when he when he started bringing those blitzes, and, and I saw from that aspect. But when you look, when I look at the edges, and, and I don't know what they did a good job. In my opinion, they did a good job covering the flats area, but to have Hassan Reddick continually going out into the flat as much as much as he did. I know he's not going to do it all the time, but it's much to have him go out in a bit. He's probably your best pass rusher. Talent. Like, when you look at this overall pure talent-wise in the edge, he's probably your best, he is your best pass rusher. And they couldn't even take that away and just having him go out in the flats. I thought that was 
I would have just stuck with personally. I would have stuck with playing more in the box, play eight, not play eight. Probably like basically be more compact and not get spread out as much as they did because I thought that created some more running room as well too. And, and then when you look at John, Garner Johnson, they started sneaking him, moving him around. First of all, I was shocked that he got as much playing time as he did, especially coming in like ten, yes. eleven days ago. It's like that sixty-seven snaps. Yeah, so, like, it's craziness on that one too. But I thought they could be more a little bit if. I thought they could have done a little bit more things disguising. Once again, it's week it's week one, so I don't know how much of the stuff they can install or they feel comfortable with doing that. And based on what the Lions were doing, playing the dumping and stuff off when, when golf does best, but yeah, stuff has to change. Right, <laughs> you guys are bending cool. over backwards to find the silver lining in a pretty dark <laughs> 35 points allowed to the Detroit Lions cloud on the defensive side. Jody, you can't tar and feather them yet, man. Give them an opportunity to let these guys oh, play together a little bit. Barrett, Barrett, <laughs> listen well. I sure as hell can. They gave up 35 <laughs> points to a bad Detroit Lion offensive team. You, you, you know who's coming next week? Justin yes. Jefferson yes. And, and the Vikings. Yes. You want to compare the Lion offense to the Viking offense? I, I don't want to see all this. I don't want to see the going everywhere. Defense, the Vikings could put up 50 if they put out that same defensive effort next yes. week. Now, so I do want to get to the offense, which looked great. I don't want to be Mr. Negative Nelly here, but the defense <laughs> was just poor yesterday. Um, Jordan Davis was in on less than one-third of the snaps on defense yesterday. Did the coach speak to that after the game? Did anyone talk about why Jordan Davis, the new savior on the Eagles' defensive line, was only in there for less than a third of the snaps yesterday? Didn't have a chance to talk to him that, that much, but when he comes to that, I was mostly in the locker room that one, too. That, that's going to be something that I think Jonathan Gannon's going to have to make question, especially with a guy with, with them having so much success running the ball. Why not put the guy who was specialized at in Georgia and yeah. can eat up some space? You don't think that happened, but you know, from what I saw, limited, I'm waiting for the all 22 to come out because everyone see that. But we're looking at the TV copy. He got some, he did stuff some areas as well, too. I mean, the one time he, I thought he shot out like a missile, like in the middle of the field. He saw him dive and then he got somebody, uh, a Lions uh, offensive line came back on his on the back of his knee and everything. I was like, is he okay? I thought he was down for a while, but, but he, he looked fine on that one, too. I think overall, he didn't make the impact as you'd like to see a, a first round pick it, but neither did Aiden Hutchinson. So it's still going to be, it might be one of those things where he has to wait a little bit. A couple of weeks to finally get a flow of things. You don't want to necessarily you don't want to see that happen, especially if you take somebody that high and you trade up to get that. But it's still so he's still a work in progress and some of that things. I still want to see him get. I still want to see him better when it comes to his pass rush too. All right, let's flop it over to the offense because yeah, I'm tired of beating up the defense. Well, I'm not really <laughs> that tired. We still got an hour and twenty five minutes to go, and I'll continue to beat him up because they were terrible yesterday. Uh, but the offense was great. Um, Barrett said the offensive line could have been better. And I got to take his word for it because he did it for a living. I just sit here and watch. But, uh, man, uh, shuttling backs, uh, using all their backs, Miles Sanders with that huge run late, but had been good throughout the game. Jalen making the plays that he made with his legs. A.J. Brown doing everything we could have asked and more. The offense was phenomenal yesterday. Again, I'll, I'll try and get you to answer this one. The defense and the offense both were at practice together all preseason, right? They didn't have just offenses and just – they were all there together and they all put in the minimal amount of work that they did. Doesn't seem to have hurt the offense a little bit. They look great. The defense looked like they didn't know each other out there on the field. Is it just that defense means physicality and you've got to practice physicality and offense is all just 
the mind and the ability to go out there and and make plays that you don't need as much work to be ready for a season? Why why such the separation between the offense and the defense yesterday, Chris? Well, I think the offense is just overall. When you look at the overall talent that you have at that on that side of the ball, this team can be this offense can legitimately be a top five offense. I think that's where I think that's where the disparity is. I think you, you saw the rotating line. I think when it comes to the physicality part, I think the offensive line. I worry about that more being for them being physical than the defensive line. When it comes to like in the fact, I, w- I wish the defense tackled a little bit more. That that, that I think that's very fair to say because you saw some of those they were throwing shoulders and instead of wrapping up, and that, that's how the line's got a lot of yards. But I think overall, it's just the talent you see on the offensive side of that ball. They can they can beat you a lot of ways. And, and the scary thing is, especially when it comes to that run game, you got all three of your running backs getting a touchdown. You still have Trey Sermon on this roster. He's not even up to speed yet, too. He can be a fit that – I think he's probably the most physical back you have that you can use in those four-minute situations when it comes – when, like, the Eagles did this uh, this past game. So, you look at all the pieces. You, you look at that. You look at the diversity you can use and how you can attack. I think overall, it's, it's just that offense, I think, has got more talented defense. So, by a lot, personally. I, I like I said, I, I, I was talking to Jody about how physical the offensive line can be, and the reason why I said they're not to where they need to be yet is they're not physically in shape as much as I've seen them in the past. You know, because as an offensive line, you go down and pick guys off. You know, you, you're helping your your wide receivers up even on long plays. I didn't see that. I saw a lot of stopping and looking. You know, as an offensive line, and you just don't do that. You know, how many times have you seen? Um, you know, uh, Jordan Malata right there after a long run that, you know, that his quarterback has picking them all off the ground, pushing, you know, pushing guys away from him. wasn't a lot of that scene. And that's because these guys just aren't in shape yet. You know, overall, I think this team really suffered a little more than we're giving them credit for because they didn't do the little things uh, as far as playing in the preseason, which allow you to play better going into the first game. You know, do you still think that it's a plus? Even though they came in perfectly healthy, you know, besides uh, besides uh, uh, Dillard, but do you see the disparity between the way Detroit was flying around and the Eagles' offense was flying around? Well, I like the way the Detroit the way if you're, if I'm going to attack the Eagles' offense, the best thing you can do is probably put as much pressure as you can and just say, hey, you know what, I'm going to try to make you beat you quickly because I think I think when you look at you see, start to, if the Eagles if teams start to play the Eagles in more zone. I think that benefits the Eagles because then I think Jalen Hurts can start picking apart in that second, third level where I want the tight ends with A.J. Brown around there. I saw Detroit starting to bring a lot of pressures off the edges. They started bringing a lot of blitzes, and the Eagles didn't have a lot of people to account for that. So and they, they, they snuck standards out to into a pattern or they put game well into a pattern, what have you. And the next thing you know, you saw like one person keep a squad and running all these stunts inside. Like, and they were lucky Jalen Hurts was as mobile as he can because I think if you had somebody like a – like uh, I don't know, like like a statue. If you had Jared Goff playing with this Eagles offense right now, Jared Goff would probably be with a bunch of icy hot walking around like that guy <laughs> right. right now going like, going on with this one. So yeah, they got bailed out with that. But I think the Detroit played aggressive. Detroit was playing that like that. that was their that was their Super Bowl because they were they were throwing everything they had to. They were trying to be as aggressive as they can. So I think that has something to do with as much pressure as hurts us all like any of that. But the O line, uh, I'm I'm not long term. I'm not going to be worried about the O line, but it, it, it can definitely be better on that. Right. The, the offensive line might not have been perfect, but they were pretty damn good. And oh, by the way, when they were overmanned, uh, bringing blitzes, uh, the Lions adding guys to the line, you know, Jalen Hurts made him pay, either with his arm or with his leg, certainly with his leg, 17 carries for 90 yards, and moving the chains and getting clutch first downs was phenomenal. 
But 18 for 32 for 243. Yeah, he didn't throw a touchdown, but he got him right down there in the, the red zone. And they were able to pound it home offensively with the running game thereafter, including one uh, Jalen run himself for a touchdown. Scale of A to F, A plus F. What would you give Jalen Hurts as a grade in yesterday's performance, Chris? I'd give him a B. I thought there was, so, I think overall, I like the way he's, I mean, that's what Jalen, that's what Jalen is. It's just like, okay, uh, Jalen, there's a fire over there. All right, cool, we'll get out. Oh, hey, we're going right this way. All right, it's cool. Hey, you won a lottery. All right, cool. That's just his demeanor. So I think when you saw they got behind, that helped him out. Like, he, that didn't phase one bit. I thought that the leg, he used his legs, and he saw that start to affect Detroit because then they started having those back guys on the backside. Like, like, I know maybe he's got the ball. He pulled him a couple, couple yards that way. Actually, you know he got to the backs running out that way. There were a couple times where he had some receivers open. And I thought he could have hit him a little bit sooner because I thought for bigger plays downfield. And that, once again, you, you, you want to see him do better with that. I thought he navigated the pocket well. When he got time and he developed a pocket around him, I thought he sat very well. So when you look at the whole body of work, I think it's B. But I think the only thing he would have gotten an A is he started hitting some of those uh, passes a little bit earlier and, uh, and, and, and got him to there instead of skipping a couple of them. Well, I can't wait right now, man. I, I think that um, you're going to see a, a – a better team Monday night than you saw against Detroit. That's number one. Um, but I, you know, did you have any questions as far as, you know, Smitty not getting a catch Smitty, not, you know, you know, being in the offense, you know, I, I was kind of surprised that Devontae Smith didn't have a catch. You know I mean? Nobody's really talking about that either. Yeah. I think I did that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think no, I'm not targeted four times. No catch. Wow. That's crazy. Like, I think when I look at that, I'm not worried about it because I'll say this. It's going to be an overcorrection this week coming up. I can see them going like, okay, well, Brown's gotten all the targets. Brown's don't want to do it. Let's stay the safety over this side. Let's stay the coverage over this side too. And then all of a sudden you got him one-on-one, got him one-on-one against on the backside. I think you see more single coverage. So I would have liked to see him caught the one. I thought those trusted one that are silent. I thought you did, but but then he probably catch that one a little bit better, but. Overall, I think I'm not concerned about that one. I would love to see the tight ends more involved. I think it's basically, especially if you're going to start attacking the outside more. And I love to see Quez Watkins more involved. I would love to see him take a deep shot to try to soft uh, up those safeties out back too. So I'm not concerned overall. I think it'll, it'll come there. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a day where he has, like, say, near 100 yards in, in the near future. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Monday night because they're going to be worried about Brown. So it's not going to be worried at all. Now, if we're talking about game eight, game nine, and we're like, where's Devonta Smith? Yeah, I think sound sound the alarms are that. Agreed. Uh, CF, let me ask you this: Do we need to say send a thank you card to Dan Campbell, who before the end of the first half decided to call a timeout when it was really a long shot that they were going to be able to get the ball back and go far enough down the field if the Eagles got any kind of a decent punt from Sipas? Who, oh, by the way, wasn't that bad? Way to go, Aaron. We know yeah. he's good last year in the first half, not so good in the second half, but he did a nice job punting the rare frequent times that he had to. Uh, he calls the timeout, then they hit the big play to Brown. The Eagles get the score going into half and then get one coming out of half. So the whole deferred thing worked perfectly for them yesterday. But it all started with Dan Campbell calling a timeout when I thought he was crazy to be taking a timeout. Didn't he learn anything from Hard Knocks, Dan Campbell? <laughs> when he's supposed to pick some things up there doing that show? I, I think he – we were talking to him last week, and he was asked about uh, D1 Hard Knocks. He's like, 
you could tell he wasn't uh, thrilled about being on there. He's like, uh, I'm just doing what the league tells me to do. So you can tell he doesn't do that. But there's a couple. I think he, they, they need to send him a gift basket. There's a couple of decisions he made that I was kind of curious. I know, especially the onside kick. Yeah. Because I thought that he had, I know that he had the momentum, but to do an onside kick like that for in, in all this right, game, wait, 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 wait. Time, time out, Detroit. All right. Both yeah, of you, you guys look out. into the camera. Okay. You saw that coming. You knew no. they were going onside kick. No, I can so. know. No. Okay, no. so so the fact that he he could have caught Barrett Brooks, Jordan McDowell, Chris Frank, you got to give him at least that much. I thought the actual timing of it, this is the way I judge onside kicks. If you had no idea it was coming, then it was a good decision to try it. Now you got to execute it, and you got to make the play, and more power to the Eagles. So who was it? Who was it? Uh, Zach McPherson. McPherson made the play. Yeah. Way to go, Zach. Um, so, so yes, they, they sniffed it out. I didn't, you didn't, Barrett didn't. So it wasn't that bad a decision. You just have to execute it better and give credit. Here's one. Barrett keeps giving credit to the other team. Oh, the uh, Lions offensive line was great. I don't buy it. The Eagles defense sucked. Um, (laughs) but here's one where I will give credit to, uh, I think that actually was a pretty good call by Dan Campbell but just give credit to McPherson for being on top of it and making a play. That's one where you tip your hat to the opposition. See, I, I, I disagree on that because I think when you're in that way, the way the onside kick works nowadays, even if it's a prize and, and you can try to drop the best one, it's so tough to it's so tough to actually get the ball and recover them. It, it's so rare. And you just get and you gave the Eagles a chance at good field position and the remove ball outfield. And it, even if they you know, they score or not, whatever that. If they punt, even if they punt that one too or that one too, you flip the field, you put yourself in worse position as well too, put yourself deep. So, I don't like the way I, I, I just didn't like that at all. And I think you kind of killed your own momentum in that aspect. So, I get what you're saying when it comes to it. I get the surprise that was. It's just when it came to that, and it was timeout usages and everything else. It's like. You can see he. You can see he's the second year. And I wonder if he coaches more off emotion. Going, you know, yeah, let's go with this one too. And then instead of thinking like, you know, maybe we should kind of want that one back. Uh, either after, way, I know. After the uh, fact, after the fact, you're very right. Uh, yeah, uh, that's, why, that's why I'm here. Not Eagles keep the ball. <laughs> Eagles got a short field. Yeah, what the fuck were you thinking about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it, man. But yeah, I mean, yes. It's, Dan is an old school coach, man. Like I, I, I played with Dan, and uh, Dan has always been what you see is what you get from him. He's not doing it for the camera. That's exactly who Dan is. Dan was actually Jeremy Shockley's handler. Actually, when they, uh, when it was Shockley's first year, his rookie year, I was there for rookie year. He he had to keep you know Shockey from 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 you know pulling back in, reeling back in sometimes. So he I mean, he had that team going. I'm glad we we caught him at the beginning of the season. Because as he gets more, he's going to get better as a coach. And that's why I'm not jumping off the bridge now. The Eagles will get better as they go forward. Regardless, I know Jody's thinking, oh, our, our D-line sucks. They don't so – I'm just telling you, Detroit has they did, really They did good. yesterday. I'm not saying they're going to be that all year long. They better not, otherwise it's going to be a long season. Hey, sometimes but you get the Bears. They were bear just flat-out bad, Barrett. They got no pre- no pressure. Hassan Reddick, how much we paid him? He was non-existent. Yeah, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to I'm trying to put a rainbow in it, but you're just You're not trying to, allow to me do cover it. their you know what <laughs> their backsides. That was not a great effort out of the Eagles' defensive line. Um, all right, so uh, Chris coming back on the plane. Everybody's up because they won. 
A couple of guys got to look themselves in the mirror, but they'll uh, show up for practice this week and get ready. Doesn't get any easier. Vikings come to town. Justin Jefferson, I watched a lot of that Packer game, second game of the doubleheader yesterday, and they uh, threw it pretty darn well through the air. They better get some pressure on Kirk Cousins next week because he'll pick them off a hell of a lot more so than Jared Goff did this week. Why do I foresee it? And I, and I can see them doing it, seriously. Them trying to pull a play action pass. If they get the run game going, I see a play action pass going to Jalen Rager down the down the middle of the field and try to take a deep shot. Why do Wait, I say that? I didn't happening? even see what Rager did yesterday. I oh, shame I, on me. I should check that box score. I I, I didn't. I didn't. I haven't checked. I haven't checked it. But I just see that. I know I just Justin one shot had right. a buck eighty-seven. Yeah, yeah he's kind of tough yeah. to cover. Yeah, uh, I, I'm looking at that. It's going to be tough. It's going to be one thing. It's one. They have to stop down. I think that's the key. Stop Dalvin Cook. I think he can do a lot better with everything else in that one too. Because it's bad enough you have to worry about. Dealing and Jefferson and Cousins because he has his, his, his history with the against the Eagles. If you get Dalvin Cook going and then you can't send as many pace, as many like as many linebackers or whatever nickelbacks back into coverage as you can to try to stop that passing offense, they're in tr- I think they're in trouble. So yeah, whatever they have, they have to do to fix that defensive line, whatever they have to do to fix that and, and need to do it, they better do it and do it quickly. It'll be a lot different. It'll be a lot different. Trust or or, or you over. <laughs> yeah, the, the trust me that that I mean that I'm I'm more comfortable this game going into this game than I really was against Detroit. I'm comfortable because I like our DBs. Our DBs can, and and I know the defensive line will hear this all week, and they're going to be out there ready to just you know drinking hot sauce and and, and sniffing gunpowder. They're going to be so pissed off by the time we get through with this, and they you know they're gonna they're gonna ring. Cousin's neck. I'm just letting you know now. I'm just. I'm, I'm already saying it right now. All right. <laughs> Why do I have the image You're... now of like Frank's hot red hot sauce on gunpowder? Can you literally put that in my anything? <laughs> I'm ready for the next thing. There you go now. Oh goodness. Your your lips to the oh, defensive lineman rooting uh, meeting room ears, uh, Barrett. I hope you're right. By the way, Jalen Rager, one punt return for seven yards. Uh-oh. Kirk Cousins that. never actually oh. got around to throwing the ball to him yesterday. Did not have any targets, but he did have a punt return. And, oh, by the way, tip of the cap, uh, Kobe, good job. He just caught the ball. They had one play where he actually made one nice move, turned it upfield, got a couple yards. Didn't wow anybody, but – did the job yesterday on the punt return, so being elevated from the practice squad, more power to him. Uh, Chris Franklin, we know you got a plane to catch. Get back here to uh, Philly slash South Jersey. Thanks for jumping on with us this morning. We'll talk to you again very soon. Take hey, guys. Bro. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Y'all have a good one now. You right. got it. That is Chris Franklin. Uh, ready to rock and roll whenever we punch him up. <laughs> More so than the Eagles defense was yesterday. I know. Barrett's making me badmouth the Eagle defense, maybe even more than I have to, because I got to balance the scales. He's giving them a pass. Oh, that great defense, that great offensive line by the line. Ragnow's very good. Yeah, he's one of the best. And Pene Sewell is going to become great. It, it, it wasn't the, the five blocks of granite up there in front of him. Yesterday. Right, right. You're right. You're right. But still, man, it, 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 I, I, I I can't see them going out and playing like this for the rest of the year. I mean, it's, I think this is an anomaly. Um, okay. They'll I get, hope you're right. They'll definitely get better. They better get better. Because, I, right. I, I I mean, I, I, I can't go through this. I can't go through this the entire season. Not a you know whole I mean? lot of pressure. <laughs> the Detroit Lion offense put up a 35 spot. That is a little scary. But it is just one week. That's the good news. And the best news of all – Eagles found a way to win the game despite yes. playing that poorly defensively.
Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, big plays, 38 points. Eagles are 1-0 moving into next week. And oh, when we come way, back, I want, I want to talk with Barrett about the rest of the NFC East. Well, that's what I was saying. I was just about to say that. You know, the perfect segue. Everybody got a win except for the Dallas Cowboys. Yikes. And, and they're without their quarterback for a couple of weeks. We'll talk about that <laughs> when we come back here on Birds 365. Barrett Brooks, Jody Mack with you. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. The faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Johnny Mac winging his way back from Detroit. So uh, we'll get J Mac up here tomorrow, but we got Big B sitting in for him instead. We've been going back and forth on Eagles win yesterday. Eagle, let me repeat this again Eagles win. 
if I've continually pointed out that the fact that their defense wasn't quite up to snuff, giving up 35 points to a middling offense, that's what I consider Detroit's offense. Don't think that I haven't realized that the final score was Eagles 38, Lions 35. They got a W. Most important thing. Outweighs everything else. But it doesn't mean we can just gloss over the fact that there were some shortcomings, some major plus points, but some shortcomings in that game. But the bottom line is they're tied for first place. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you this, Jody, in looking at it, we got to sit back and, and, and think like this. We at this point are exactly where we need to be. We won. And just like Jalen Hurts, we're not going to have the Jalen Hurts is going to fill up, you know, 4,500 yards, um, 36 touchdowns, you know, QBR rating, you know, 105. We're not going to get that. But what we are going to get from Jalen Hurts and what he brings to the table is the most important uh, statistics you can get, and that's him being a game winner. You know what I'm saying? He's going to fill up the win and the losses with more wins than losses by the nature of who he is and how he plays the game. So don't worry about all the extracurricular stuff, you know what I'm saying? They will get victories simply because it's going to do it the hard way. It may not look pretty. It may not look like, you know, uh, you, you you saw with with, with Allen and, and, and the Buffalo Bills, but you will get a lot of victories. All right. I just took a quick peek because I was intrigued by the fact that they've got the Vikings coming in next Monday night game here in Philadelphia with the way the Eagle offense and defense played yesterday, the way the Viking offense played yesterday. I said, what are they going to set the over-under number at that game? Like 60 or somewhere thereabouts? It's only the third highest over-under number. It's at 49 and a half, which if you can get the action in now, I would play over on that one. Uh, The games that are higher, certainly the Chargers and Chiefs, that makes a lot of sense. Both of their offenses looked pretty damn good yesterday at uh, 54. And if you can get in on this right now, I would uh, advise you to do so. A lot of places not available, but some are offering. The over-under on the Cowboys and the Bengals. The Bengals yesterday had major problems. A yes, lot of it stemmed problem. from their uh, – uh, QB. Their, well, the QB getting crushed because the offensive line didn't get any better. Their offensive <laughs> line, despite the fact that they made it to the Super Bowl, almost got them killed last year. So they invested in upgrading there, brought in a free agent, a couple free agents, drafted there. Burrow still got sacked seven times yesterday. That's which, crazy. Uh, and there's the, unfortunately for them, their long snapper got hurt, so they had PAT issues, and they end up losing to the Steelers in week one. Um, Cincinnati against Dallas, the under over at 50 and a half. Are you kidding me? Dallas doesn't have their quarterback. There's going to be no deck. Cooper Rush is going to put up a 30 spot? I don't think so. Well, remember, he did do that um, the last time he came in as a reserve. He came in and, and, and actually lit up, won both games that he was in. Was it two or one? He's Cooper Rush. I know, but he, I mean, he, he, beat, he actually beat Minnesota last year. All right. So, I, I would now, they're going to get – they're going to get – Smashed. Yeah, you're right. They're gonna get smashed. He's Cooper Rush. If they win the game, and maybe maybe he's got a winning thing going, but he's not gonna win at 37-35. Is my point. I'd be no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. If they go with the under, 
Uh, and then the Cowboys uh, with Michael Parsons. Oh, by the way, that guy's still a stud. He made a couple of plays, two sacks in the first yeah, half. Uh, he's pretty damn good. Um, they, 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 I'm not writing the Cowboys. Off. I think they'll probably get beat with Cooper Rush down, but they're not putting up a, a whole bunch of points. Yeah, Dak Prescott, it is. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hand on a uh, helmet. Was, I don't know if it was on a helmet or at the uh, defender's hand, and he busted up his thumb. Having immediate surgery, not major surgery, but surgery. So he's definitely going to miss a couple of weeks. They're contemplating putting him on IR. I'll tell you right now, Barrett, they won't do that. Well, if, there's, a- if there's a chance that he can be back in three weeks, there's no way they're missing out on that because, oh, we put him on IR, that means we can't use him for four. They're yep. going to have him as an inactive. They're not going to put him on the injured. Right? Write it down unless he has the surgery and they go, oh, my God, it's that much worse. He's going to be out two months. If there's any chance he can come back in three weeks, they're going to play to that and keep that open as a possibility. I can't see him doing that. I can't see him – you know. I can't see him putting him on IR, but I don't think he comes back in three weeks. You know, that's, that's, you know, that, that, if you have, if he has to get surgery, you know, it, it, it will almost be like Harper. You know what I mean? Harper came back in a month and a half. We're talking about at least the very least with surgery, four weeks for him to come back. So I mean, they might be better off doing that and, 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 and just allowing him to heal, but I can't see him coming back. If he needs surgery, I can't see him coming back and, and nowhere less than, than, than four weeks. So, I mean, it might it might be behoove them to go ahead and put him on if IR. He's, if he's guaranteed to be out for four weeks, all right, then you put him on IR. Right, right, right. But right. If, it's, if it's in any way, and I mean like the smallest percentage chance that he could be back in three, they will keep that door open. They will not put it. They do not want to go uh, as long as they can with Cooper. They want to get the Cooper Rush era to be as short as possible even though Dak really didn't do anything last said night. It's a clean break, too. It's a clean break, meaning. Right. So maybe they yeah. think the, the healing can go that uh, quickly. We'll see. All I know is the Eagles play the Cowboys in five weeks. So even if they put him on IR, he'd be eligible to come back the week after. But it'll be a guy who has not played in a month, and that's advantageous for the Eagles. Uh, but the other two teams in the NFC East, Found a way to win yesterday, Barrett. I didn't watch any of the Commanders against the Jags. Sorry, Carson Wentz. Sorry, uh, Doug Peterson. You were on up against the Eagles. You had no chance of grabbing my attention. No, um, but me neither. Me neither. To Carson Wentz's credit, got to give him props. Trailing in the second half through two touchdown passes, one to scary Terry McLaurin, uh, another one to uh, who got the second touchdown pass. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um oh. Was it one of their backs? It wasn't a tight end, the other wide receiver. But he did. He threw two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter, second one coming late to lift the commanders to a victory. Carson Wentz, throw any fear to you, Big uh, B, this year? No, no, no. Carson eventually get back to being Carson. Um, He just, to me, he doesn't see anything is wrong with him. 
So why would you change if you don't think anything's wrong? He just thinks he just was he was slighted by both organizations, had nothing to do with him. So he's not learning from any of the experience he's having. I guess, you know, he's 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 hearted in any aspect that all right, he knows it all. He can no longer learn because he knows it all. That's when you know you you you're on the regression instead of a, a progression. You know, when you know it all and you can't take constructive criticism, and he can't take that. So he he I don't see him being any better than he was. In Indy, but in Indy was pretty damn good though. You know, he, he played pretty well. You know, it's and just the last two or three games is where he just lost it all. And the team that actually probably painted his way out of Indianapolis was Jacksonville. Beat him late in the season. So yesterday he got a little revenge on Jacksonville. He got a little revenge on Doug Peterson. I'm not saying he deserved any, Doug. We don't blame your coach, Doug P. Uh, but uh, sh- surely Carson did. Um, it was Jahan Dotson who made the late catch, the rookie from Penn State, 24-yard touchdown. So uh, give the nod to you, Carson. The exact opposite of what happened last year. You were clutch late rather than coming up small late like you did against Jacksonville last year. So the commanders get out to a 1-0 start. Now, the other NFC East winning team, I did get a chance to watch. The Giants were able to pull out a victory at Tennessee Tennessee with a double-digit lead in the second half, couldn't hold on. Saquon Barkley, when he's healthy, I had a guy on my national show last night, Barrett, uh, calling in and saying Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the NFL. I can't go there because he's just been too injured too often, and you have guys um, that have performed more and better than he has in the league. But he was on the field with one of them yesterday, and he was the best back on the field by far. Sorry, King Henry. Saquon won the day. He is the probably the biggest breakaway weapon in the National Football League. And he did absolutely carry the Giants to that win yesterday. And Brian Dable showing that he's got nerve by going for two at the end of the game rather than just kicking a PAT and going for overtime. Giants got something, something going with their new head coach and general manager up there in New York. Saquon definitely does. It's you know he still got Daniel Jones being the, um, you know the the, the quarterback of that team. But I, I think they have a lot of confidence in Saquon, him coming back, and then just listening to him and how he's um, how he's matured as a player. I mean, he's only going to keep getting back to that status that he had when he was a rookie. He's going to be a formidable threat that they're going to have to look at, you know, when they when they do play the Giants. But it's still, you know, Daniel Jones's team, and and because of that, they won't be as good. But they, I mean, they did play well against an inept Tennessee offense. I'm not a Daniel Jones fan either, but he did go 17 to 21. That's pretty good. 17 to 21, Barrett. Only a buck 88, so under 200 yards. Threw a couple of touchdowns, also through a uh, ill-timed pick. Um, yes, he'll he, still he, give it up. He, he was he was okay yesterday. He did he game managed it well enough for the Giants to hang in there and find a way to win late. But, but then again, know, I'm it, not I'm not that it, big Ryan Tannehill fan either. So I didn't like either it, of the two quarterbacks in that game yesterday. Right, right. But Joe, you gotta understand, you know, Saquon had 164 yards rushing, averaged nine point one uh yards a carry. That's where they won the game. You know what I mean? That's their their offensive line did get a little better, but yes, at they 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 won that game because of Saquon. Daniel did run around a little bit to keep from getting you know uh, stuck on on you know getting sacked. But at the end of the day, Saquon 
was everything you know you you wanted from a player. Yeah, he goes for a buck sixty, and uh, Derrick Henry only goes for eighty-two. That's pretty significant. So, yes, it uh, is. Yes, and I, I was a guy who defended the Barkley pick when they took him with the second overall pick. People said, "How can you take a running back that high? You just can't do it. It's a dumb pick." And I thought it wasn't a dumb pick because I said I do believe he's a once a every ten year talent type yes. back, and he hasn't been because he can't stand the field because he's always hurt. But when he does play. He can be scary. And he's all world have, when he plays. All world. Eagles are going to have to try and stop him a couple of times this year. Um, all right, so both the Commanders and the Giants win. Cowboys lose. Not the results we necessarily were banking on or looking for. Um, I thought the Giants would probably get beat down in Tennessee. I Me thought too. the Commanders-Jags was a toss-up. Uh, yeah, I thought the Cowboys were going to lose to the Buccaneers. But what do you think of the results after week one in division? This is still a bad division, you know. Like it or not, we still are, we're still in a bad division, and and with Dallas being the way, all right, it only weakens the division even more. Um, Dallas will not stay down; they'll stay down until Dak gets back. But at the end of the day, you know, the Eagles should take full advantage of this and keep rocking and rolling, man. This we should win this division hands down. You know, for the first time, we should sweep Dallas. We should sweep the whole division. You we think they're going to go four and zero in division? I, I, I yes. Yes, you I'll and I it. both. I said that last week here on yep. uh, Birds 365. Yep. Big B, here's one tricky uh, trivia question for you. How many teams in the NFL last year went 6-0 in division? Uh, probably none. One. Would you like to take a guess who it was? Mm, in division. 6-0. One 6-0 team in division last year. Cincinnati? Not the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh. I give you a big time hint. They got their sixth and final win the last week of the season. The Rams? No. They got their sixth and final win last week of the season here in Philadelphia. Oh, uh Tampa? The Cowboys went six and oh wow. last year. They were the only team in the National Football League that went undefeated. Which wow. to me means five and zero because the Eagles game last game of the season doesn't count because the Eagles played the JV. So that's yes. uh, you, you want to take that uh, victory lap. Go ahead, Dallas. But even if you don't count the game, they're still five and zero, which means they're the only undefeated team in the NFL. Yeah, I think the Eagles can win all six games in division this year. Even though the Commanders found a way to win yesterday, even though the Giants found a way to win yesterday, I just think the Eagles are more talented than anybody in this division. Well, you mean you you're not you're not saying anything that um that we haven't been talking about in national, you know, people have been saying the same thing that the Eagles should be and will be the division winners. We 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 know this. But at this point, I mean I I hope that they don't think it gets any easier. And that's the big thing. I hope they don't think it gets any easier. I think this showed them kind of scared them a little bit in the aspect that all right, this division. Is up in the air, but we're still the best team in the division. We played against a team that only won three games last year and almost lost the game. So we got to get on it and, and, and start practicing a little bit harder, getting a little better shape and understanding what it is to go out there and play in the NFL. You know, they got to get back into the speed of, of, of being a dominant team. The only way you can do that is practicing a little bit harder, doing a little extra running, making sure 
a little extra uh, prep time um, as far as, you know, what they're going to go forward with as far as the game plan. Because you could kind of tell they were a little bit surprised, especially at the beginning, you know, with them running traps. They didn't they didn't expect that. They didn't expect that Detroit was going to take advantage of their aggressive nature of getting up the field. And nice. that's how they were able to win that, you know, traps, um, counters. That's how they got them out of out of sync and were able to gash them a little bit. And you're cutting them slack. I'm calling them on the carpet for saying you got to be ready for that. And or if they catch you off, hey, good second game. It's uh, a mind game between the offense coordinator, defense coordinator, every single play during an NFL game. And if they outguessed uh, Gannon a couple times, okay, fine. They outguessed them at every single turn, and that's not acceptable. I uh, do want to ask you this as an ex offensive lineman in the National Football League, I thought Dallas Garden had an outstanding game yesterday. Yes, he uh, did. Yes, he did. Three catches and four uh, targets. I'm trying to remember the one that they weren't able to connect. I don't even remember it off the top of my head. Um, and turned it upfield and made extra yardage after the catch for 60 yards on three catches, which is outstanding. Again, last year, he was the number one tight end in football. And there were some other pretty damn good tight ends in football in yards per catch. Um, and yesterday he goes for 60 on three catches, which is 20 yards per catch, which is outstanding. And he also did a pretty good job when he was in tight on running plays, blocking. He's one of the better blocking tight ends. How much does that make your life easier as an offensive lineman? Well, you know, on, on yeah. your side, you got the tight end with you to lend you a helping hand. How much does that make your life easier? Loved it, man. I, I played with, a, you know, kind of the same, not not the same as far as athleticism, but I'm talking about a blocking tight end. I played with um, Ed West. They used to call him Toolbox. Toolbox was none but an offensive lineman with an 80 jersey on, <laughs> 80s number jersey on. You know, toolbox would play, man. Ed West, um, he was like, you know, blocking with an extra tackle on the outside. It made things a little easier for myself, you know, knowing that he was there. And my rookie year, of course, they gave me a lot of help because I was a rookie until midway through the season and they had Antone and Antone started giving them sacks, you know, and then they moved, you know, West to the other side. So now I'm by myself for the remainder of the year. You know, I did all right, man, but it's, it's you cannot expect a guy like Dallas Goddard to stay in the block, go out on passing routes. You have to account for him. And I think that's where he, you know, his, his, his biggest worth is for this team. He is very, very good at going out there and, and making plays, uh, you know, after the catch. That's where he makes – that's where he, the difference between him and Ertz is. He can get open, but his run after the catch is a lot more than what Ertz could do. He's a dominating tight end when it comes to that. He was able to go out there and, and really be an impact in the pass game. And like I say all the time, a young quarterback, a tight end is probably his best friend, and especially when you have those horses on the outside. When you got – Smith on, Smith on one side and Brown on the other side. You can't sit there and double-team him. You can't keep an extra guy in the box. It just really helps you because now he can roam the interior of that, that, um, that defensive backfield and, and make some hay. He's faster than linebackers. He's bigger than most safeties. He is definitely a weapon they're going to take advantage of more as the season goes on. And, oh, by the way, I've kind of been getting a hard time here today on the defensive line coach because I thought they got dominated yesterday. Yeah, shame on the uh, defensive coach of the Lions as well. When A.J. Brown is just tearing you up, I mean abusing you on the outside. Now the Lions defensive secondary, I think, is okay at best. 
Um, but at some point you got to make an adjustment. You got to double team him. The probably few times that he did, that's what Jalen did. Turned to his tight end, got the ball to Goddard because Goddard not only made catches, he made plays, turn up field one play. He had nobody near him. Fight, yep. Nobody in the same picture. That's just <laughs> a defensive breakdown or a defense corner going, damn it. We're not going to let AJ Brown catch us with two guys on him the entire time. And that's uh, credit to Jalen Hurts because I know the offensive scheme isn't let him drop back, let him read all the defensive options and let him pick out where he wants to go. No, they've narrow focused that he's got his first option, second option. And yesterday, oh, by the way, he needed to get to both of those pretty damn quick because Detroit did bring the heat. They brought extra guys on a lot of passing plays and Jalen turned the ball upfield and made plays with his leg. But when he needed to, he got the ball to Goddard and, uh, Goddard was a key component in the offense. Jay wasn't AJ Brown yesterday, but he was a key component for them. Um, Joe, we, yeah, you, you got to get credit to Steichen on that because Steichen had an offense that you couldn't really get in there and 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 and, and double team um, AJ as much as he wanted to. He had AJ in the slot. He had him out wide. He put AJ everywhere to keep them from getting a bead on stopping him. I mean, his, the way he ran routes was was amazing yesterday. Like he would stem guys so far out, he just stem guys almost three or four steps to the outside, and then go in on the slant play, and it was almost unstoppable. They even tried to bring a linebacker and, and fade him out to that side. He was still able, you know, Jalen Hurts credit him. He was still able to get the ball to him on a slant play, and then the run after the catch, you know, was amazing. Also, you could tell those two were in sync, and and you know, there's no tougher wide receiver in the league when he's on like that than than AJ Brown. I mean, he even showed some speed going down. And the way he caught that that deep nine route pass, he took off, but then he slowed down enough, bodied up the DB, and then as soon as the ball is in the air and going to get it, he'll celebrate it then to catch it. That's just a, a wide receiver understanding how to run routes, how, in, how to manipulate in the defense, and just being a better um, football player than the DB he had on it, which was a first-rounder. He had a first-rounder on him, held him back on his hip, was able to catch the long pass play, and then yards after the catch. You know, if he had, if he had like you know two more seconds, he'd have probably score because that DB was falling off him and he was going. And if it wasn't for the safety coming back over the top, he probably would have scored on that play. And oh, by the way, one last note: no uh, we'll a timeout in here. And Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation, BLG is going to hop aboard, and we'll get all his thoughts on the thirty-eight thirty-five Eagles win uh, for Quez Watkins. Good job on the kickoff returns, Quez. He had three kickoff returns, didn't muff any of them, didn't break one, but didn't do a bad job uh, on them. And it's a good thing he was involved in the kickoff returns because, yeah, I'm still waiting for the first pass to go Quez's way. Uh, he was a <laughs> non non-factor on offense yesterday because A.J. Brown got 13 targets. 13 and zero. And I know Quez is not A.J. Watkins, but that was a little surprise. Uh, Devontae only had four targets, and they did not connect on any of them. Am I nitpicking here? Because I, I want to sing the praises of the offense putting up a 38 spot. The fact yeah. that they didn't spread the ball around? Well, I mean, they tried to. You know, he did go to Smitty four times. Smitty caught it one, but it was a penalty, you know, holding penalty by the offensive line. So it got, you know, nullified. He did have one catch, but, you know, Smitty didn't have a catch. Watkins didn't have a catch, but you got other weapons. You know, you you, you saw how this team, you know, Gainwell, he got a couple catches. Um, 
you know, this this team is, can be very versatile. Miles Sanders got some catches, some check down. Zach Pascal got one catch for seven yards. Yeah, made nice play on the ball. Yep, yep. Um, Noah Tag- Taglioa, Taga, Tag- whatever. Tagaya, whatever his name Tungi-i. is. Tungiai. Tungiai. Tungiai, yeah. He was targeted once, dropped it. But, I mean, he was trying to disperse the ball. I mean, Jalen Hurts was trying to disperse the ball as well as he could. But, hey, if he throws it to you, you don't catch it. It's, it's not his fault. You, you get it to you. You got to be able to catch it. All right, he is Barrett Brooks. I'm Johnny McDonald. We are your Bridge 365 duo today. Johnny Mac coming back from Detroit. He'll be back there tomorrow. Uh, we've got Big B sitting in for him today. We've got uh, Brandon Lee Gout, another Big B in his own right. There aren't too many guys <laughs> that get to look down at Barrett Brooks. Brandon Lee Gout actually happens to be yes. one of them. A big boy. Yeah, we'll punch up BLG next. Keep it here on Birds 365. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Victory Monday here on Birds 365. Barrett Brooks in for Johnny Mac with me, Jody Mac. And we're joined by a guy who can look eye to eye, but Barrett Brooks. They are few and far between, but Brandon Lee Gowton is one of them here in this town. Yeah, uh, one of the other guys I got to look up at. <laughs> few and far between. All right, BLG, here is the first and most important question. Eagles offense, Eagles defense. Eagles offense, Eagles defense. It weighs one against the other. Bottom line, end of the game, I guess you got to put the offense slightly higher because Eagles won 38-35. How worrisome should we be about the defense that was played or not played yesterday by the Eagles? Well, if we go to like a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being like, you know, panic, uh, sky is falling kind of mode, it's probably like, you know, a 6. Uh, it's, it's concerning because you look at what this is from last year, and I don't know that you saw uh, changes and reason to believe that Jonathan Gannon is going to get this fixed against better quarterbacks and everything. Uh, that question is still very much remains out there. You know, I, you want to throw all the caveats out there in terms of it's week one, there's time, the defense has a bunch of new starters, they can adjust. No one's saying that uh, he should be fired on the spot, or at least, I mean, some people are probably saying that, but he shouldn't be just yet. But uh, it's not the encouraging performance you're looking for in week one. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I've been trying to get, uh, I've been trying to get Jody to, you know, along the lines of, all right, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you get the bear, sometimes the bear gets you. I just thought that the tackles had a pretty good game against our pass rushers. I, I, I like, I like uh, Tyler Decker. Um, I like Penny Sewell, and I think that's why you didn't get a lot of the pressure from Sweat, BG, and all those guys. Um, am I in panic mode? I'm actually not in panic mode. I just saw an offensive coordinator take advantage of the aggressive nature of the defensive line on run plays, you know, running those trap plays and stuff like that. But where, where's your sense of um, if you were to lay blame, what would you lay blame? Would you name defensive line play calling from Gannon? Uh, what would you put the blame at then? And I think I put Gannon at the top just because I don't think we have evidence of him as a defensive coordinator really making the most of his personnel. That's not to say he's the only one to blame, but I think that kind of starts there. I do think the defensive line could have been reasonably better, but the personnel usage was also wrong with the defensive line. And it's not the defensive linemen who get to decide, you know, how much they're playing out there. I mean, Jordan Davis was on the field less than Marlon Tui-Pilotu. And I think Marlon Tui-Pilotu, has improved, and he had a big hit on Jared Goff that forced that interception, uh, that pick six by James Bradbury. Still, <laughs> Jordan Davis is playing the fourth most snaps of any defensive tackle you have, and that's a problem, especially when you're giving up yards after yards on the ground. So there's there's clearly issues there that have to be fixed in terms of personnel usage, you know, scheme, everything. That's very fair. I, it's one of the questions I asked. How does he play less than one-third of the defensive snaps when he's going to be this game-altering defensive tackle that we've been told about? A little bit of a surprise. We'll see if Nick Sirianni has an answer for that. All right. Uh, here's one thing I haven't been able to understand during the game, after the game, here on uh, Birds 365. I still don't understand. I question the Eagles in their preparation for the season. The less is more... We're not going to put people at risk. It's more important to come into week one healthy than anything else we could possibly achieve in our preseason. Well, they didn't have anybody hurt. Andre Dillard, the only one, a backup who wasn't ready to go. So they achieved their first goal, which was to be healthy game one. 
And it seems like they were ready to go offensively. Uh, perfect symmetry between Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Ran the ball effectively, shuttling in three different backs, three different guys scoring touchdowns. So that looked great. And the defense was awful. And they didn't tackle worth the darn. And they looked like a team that wasn't ready to tackle for me. So how do we evaluate the overall decision the Eagles make as an organization? Um, Johnny Mack continues to tell me, don't believe you. This is not Nick Sirianni's idea. Sirianni might agree with it and shake his head and go, yeah, yeah, this is the way. This is the best way to get ready for a season. Coaches would rather coach and practice and work hard and get physical. So this is a decision coming from above. How do we grade the Eagles out at both the pluses and the minuses with their preparation as compared to what happened on the field week number one? Well, I agree with Johnny Mack on that one. I do think it's a signal from a direction from above. Um and Sirianni has to live with it to some extent. I don't get the sense that he necessarily hates it. But regardless, it is what it is. And I think it's a matter of like, any kind of decision you make in life generally has its pros and cons. There's going to be downsides to things. Like, not everything is there's not going to be like one perfect decision. There's no downside at all. Or at least those are few and far between. So uh, I think if you're the Eagles, for me, you know, I think you live with this. this. If this is going to be the cost of having a healthy roster, which I think matters more, then I think you live with some of this. You can work through some of these things. I think Bill Belichick has long said um, that, like, you know, the Patriots, they were never finished products necessarily week one. They're obviously good teams, but I think he has talked about the value of the regular season and kind of kind of needing the early regular season to ramp up and get better. When you look at the Lions, they had a really physical camp under Dan Campbell. They were more banged up than the Eagles were. They were down to their third string right guard. And they also had a bunch of miscues themselves. They had a lot of penalties. Uh, they drops. So it wasn't like they were a well-oiled machine just because they practiced harder than the Eagles did. So I, I do think it's fair to point out the downside like you are, but ultimately I think you sign up for that if you are staying healthier. That's tough, man. You know, cause I, I did think that um, this team wasn't as in shape as I thought, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I, you know, but I mean, they're going to get better week one, they won. And, that, and that's the biggest thing to me, but Give me your overall evaluation of Jalen Hurts and, you know, what he brought to the table. Yeah, I think it's it's incredible really what he did. Nick Sirianni even admitting that after the game in terms of, okay, we don't have it called great or perfectly, then he just bails us out. That's a nice luxury <laughs> to have as a head coach. Now, with that said, it's, it's weird because I, I struggle between – I want to give Jalen Hurts credit because he was a big reason why they were able to win that game. Correct. At the same time, I think, like – you can't run this much every week. You can't be taking that many hits. That's not sustainable. I'm not sure that really is a, a recipe for success, especially in the playoffs. Um, you look at how Lamar Jackson, you know, has notably struggled in the postseason, and obviously Hurts isn't even as good as him. I think you have to, you know, at some point here, uh, you know, be controlling the game with your arm, and he didn't really necessarily do that. He made some good throws, and he wasn't a liability. He didn't turn the ball over. But so this, for this game, I thought it was good. You get the win, you move on, but still need to see a lot more, especially as a passer. And, you know, look, having A.J. Brown's going to help with that for sure. And we saw that with 155 yards, a historic debut for him. But I still, I still, I'm wanting to see more. It's not like this game From is. Taylor Hurts? Y- yes. It's not like this radically, you know, changed my opinion on him. I think he got better, though, from last year to this year. I have a tough time answering that. Like, did he really? do anything that, like, we saw that, like, oh, that's a night and day different play? Like, we know he's a good runner. 
did he do anything? Yes, he he had a good throw. Uh, obviously down the field to AJ Brown, he had a good another good throw on a slant in timing to get into I believe goal to goal territory. So yes, there were some levels of improvement, I, but I don't think this is a radically different player, especially as a passer. About mm. radically, but it, I thought he had a damn good game and better than most games last year. Uh, we discussed this earlier in the show. See if you're uh, on the same page we are. Are we obligated to send Dan Campbell a thank you card for his decision to try and stop the clock at the end of the first <laughs> half and set it up for the Eagles to get a score before they got off the field? And then his, yes, as you play the results, ill-advised attempt at an onside kick. Uh, the Eagles got a little bit of a helping hand from the other team yesterday, did they not? Yeah, if I'm a Lions fan, I wouldn't mind the onside kick as much just from the standpoint of <laughs> the Lions defense was not stopping the Eagles offense much at all. And they need they kind of needed something to get them uh, either <laughs> inspired or uh, or steal a possession somewhere. So that one I, I think you can live with if you're a Lions fan. The other one, the first one, the timeout. Yeah, that's a, that's a little less forgivable, even if the Lions somehow get the ball back there. I mean, how much time are they going to have uh, left in the half? I mean, best case scenario, they attempt a long field goal, maybe. Uh, but yeah, the Eagles kind of got a break there. I like man. I, I I think that you know what you saw from this team is the ability to go out there even in shaky circumstances to win football games. They won because they were supposed to win. Um, I'm not like on on Jody Mack or even your um, assessment of this defense being as bad as what we think it is. Uh, I think you know they may have gotten out coaching the first half. They made adjustments, came out the second half, and Stop that play, which was the uh, which was the draw play and the trap plays up the middle. They stopped that, but you can't you can't hold the reins back on a defensive line and say, hey, you know, stop rushing up the field because that's the way they create pressure. That's what they have to do. Going to the second half, the fact that Swift then turned around and really started running a rock on them. That's why I have a concern from. But I think it's more so um, not Gannis play calling, but it's the guys up front that didn't do their job. You know, I'm not on. I'm not bashing Gannon. I will say this: I think he was more aggressive in his play calling. He might have could have been a little more aggressive, but I do think that Gannon learned. And and you know, he didn't drop Hassan Reddick as much as people are giving. You know, saying he didn't. I mean, maybe two or three times. But you know, at the end of the day, he brought blitzes. He was he brought cat blitzes from the outside. Avante Maddox came from the safe position, wide corner blitzes. He did those things that you know we've been asking to do. So I'm not on that bandwagon, but, you know, I, I think Gannon called a pretty good game. You know, wh- where are you at with that? I think, um, again, I think there's this issues we see dating back to last year. And, and again, it's week one, so it's not a final grading by any means. But at the end of this year, this can't just be an average defense. That's not right, good enough. Right, if they're, like, you right. know, top 16, anywhere from, like, top, you know, 12 to 16, like, that's a good defense or solid defense, but that's not good enough. With the talent they have, they have to be a very good defense. Yes, they yes. have to be like a top quarter of the league kind of defense. That should be the expectation. Anything mediocre with the talent they have is, I think, a failure. I do think, to your point, Barrett, there is some uh, heat that should be on the defensive line. Uh, that's part of it. I mean, Fletcher Cox, you brought him back for $14 million. He had the sack yesterday, but, I mean, you know, that was kind of a, a little bit of a gift with Jared Goff. Having yeah, to the ball snap. yeah that's your only sack all game yeah, is right. a fumble snap from an exchange from the center to the quarterback. Not not doing backflips over that one. 
No. And I just don't think either him, like, I don't think he's still, I don't think he looks anything like the player he used to be. And then Hargrave, you know, I thought was kind of quiet. And that's been happening for as good as he's been at times over the past two years. He's had some really cold stretches. So, um, yeah. All right. This one may not go over well. And again, because they played as poorly as they did yesterday, I'm saying and I'm on the record. The defense played like crap yesterday. Doesn't mean they're going to do so again this week. And they better not because the Vikings come in as a significantly better offense than the Lions are. And Justin Jefferson, as good as we think A.J. Brown looked, Justin Jefferson did even more yesterday for the Vikings. And Darius Slay was part of the issue yesterday. He got beat a couple of times, BLG. And I know that he's one of the best corners in football. His track record, his career puts him in that lofty conversation. He didn't belong there yesterday. He got beat a couple of times. Are they going to let him go mano a mano next week against Justin Jefferson? Adam Thielen's a damn good number two. So it isn't like you're not giving your other corner, Brad Berry, who had the big pick six, any responsibility. And somebody's going to be in the slot, which means Maddox is going to get coverage time. But how much does Slay cover Jefferson next week and is something that Eagle fans should be worried about? Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I don't think Slay had a bad game necessarily, but, you know, when you pay a guy like this to be a top 10 kind of corner, uh, it's fair to want a little bit more. Uh, I think the touchdown he gave up to, to Shark was just a really good throw and catch by golf. Again, you know, elite corner can still break up that play um, or should be able to break up that play, but uh, didn't happen for him there. And then he dropped the pick. That was big. The, the pick was a gift. That was so got, huge. Yeah, that was Got to make that one. <laughs> um, so, uh, and he and he took, you know, uh, responsibility for that after the game. He admitted as much. But, yeah, I do think we will see Slay, <laughs> Justin Jefferson, and I don't think it'll matter because that guy is really, really good. I mean, that guy could, like, be the MVP of the league. I know there hasn't been a receiver MVP, and I don't know how long, but, like, he is, he is that kind of level of a player of a difference maker. Um, and yeah, it, it should be concerning. I, 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 I tweeted out last night. I was like, what's the over under on Justin Jefferson's yards for next week. And I think some people were responding. They're more concerned maybe about Dalvin cook because of the way the running game towards the Eagles on Sunday. But I mean, the lions don't have anything at receiver. That is anything close to Justin Jefferson. He's going to be a problem. Well, you know, you look at, um, you know, Wes Phillips and, you know, what he was able to accomplish, you know, while with the Rams, um, the schematics that, you know, he brought to the table while there, when he has, you know, that, that, that combination with, you know, quarterback receiver was, you know, the best we've ever seen. He brought the same scheme here to, to the Vikings. Schematically, it's going to be hard to really put yourself in position to stop them. I think our defense is a lot better than they were last year. I think that we'll, you'll see a lot better effort from the defensive line than you saw this last game. I am not out on all. I'm not out at all on, 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 on Gannon right now. I keep saying it, you know, how do you implement stopping a run with Davis more and having him being more of an impact with only having, what, less than 20? Was it less than 20 um, snaps that he had? It's like 22, I think. Or 22, okay, you know. Do you see Davis making more of a presence this next game going forward? Because they have to stop the run to keep the pass from really killing them. That's what we need to see from Jonathan Gannon. You know, like this is, you know, week one. You're figuring some things out. 
Um, does he adjust? You know, does he take, you know, uh, feedback and criticism? Does he self scout and realize, okay, we can improve here. We can apply these adjustments, make some improvements. Um, that's going to be important to see. And I think that should be an obvious one. Uh, I think they're going to probably talk about when Jonathan Gannon speaks to the media this week and Nick Sirianni today again about, you know, maybe some of these things are matchup specific. I mean, that's all well and good. And there's some level of truth to that, but at the same time, like, He's, Jordan Davis is a really good and special player, and when you're struggling against the run, maybe he should be in a little bit more, especially in on those early downs. I mean, right, early right, the, first down, early, early in the game. I don't think he really got into like the red zone or like yes. down there. It's yes. like the damage is kind of done here, guys. Like, can we can we get him in on the early downs? Maybe you don't get to the red zone. So yeah, I think that's something they have to tweak. Yeah, BLG, and that's the problem right there. The Achilles heel all last year was the offensive output the teams had on first down. They were killing people on first. I mean, they would get killed by people on first down. They would be second and two, second and four, instead of being third and ten. That's where I thought that you should put in put in um, Davis on first down, start the game off, get things going in the right direction with the run, because they started out running the rock. I do have a, you know, a, a bone to pick with them. In that aspect, you didn't see him until later on in the first quarter. And that's by then, like you said, it's too late. Is it because they think he's out of shape or do you think that he's just not ready at this point to go in and implement them him uh, full time as a, as a player? Yeah, I think that's a fair question. You know, going back to the snap count at Georgia, um, something to monitor. I don't have any evidence that would say he's out of shape. Um And he shouldn't be out of shape early in the game. <laughs> it's starting right, and right, he hasn't right. played a ton. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, all that. I mean, you know, it's not like he's going to play. I mean, Fletcher Cox and Hargrave led the Eagles defensive tackles and playing percentage at like 50, under just under 60%, basically, just a little bit over 50. So it's not like, you know, he's going to play the whole game and, and anyone's asking for that. But, you know, there's some kind of happy medium there between what how low he was and, and that amount. No surprise. That's all we're saying. Um, two things. Number one, do you know what time Nick Sirianni is scheduled to talk and do you believe that will be one of the key questions as to uh, the way that they deployed their people yesterday? I got to believe it's at the top of the list because you guys are going to ask about it as well. You should. Uh, when does he answer? Why so few snaps for Jordan Davis today? Well, that'll be at 245 today. 245, and then I believe okay. we'll hear from Jonathan Gannon at some point. Either Tuesday or Wednesday depends, you know, because the Eagles play on Monday next week, so they push their media schedule back a day typically. But I don't know that for sure. So, uh, so yeah, he he definitely will be asked about that. And again, I think it's going to be, you know, a mix of, uh, you know, well, we're looking at things we can adjust still. It's week one, and a mix of like we have matchup specific things. We're happy with where Jordan is. Something along those lines. All right, BLG. Uh, I'm taking a peek here at the Dallas Cowboys schedule. They got beat mm. last night. Their quarterback needs surgery on his thumb, guaranteed to miss at least two weeks, probably three, maybe four, goes to IR. Cincinnati next week, home again, at the Giants the week after, Washington at home, and then at the Rams before they come here to Philadelphia. Could the Cowboys come in one and four? Could they be one and four when they show up here in Philadelphia week six? <laughs> they could. I mean... Who's their quarterback? Cooper Rush? Cooper Rush. No, Cooper Barrett Rush, was fucking him up last, last hour. He won for him last year. He's 1-0 and oh last year. 1-0, and oh, baby. He was. He's Minnesota. He also had a much better supporting cast then than he does now with, you know, Amari Cooper was still there. 
Uh, they had Leia Collins still. They had Tyron Smith, I think, at the time. Yep, um, yep, yep. Oh, yeah. Much better, much, much Cedric, better supporting. Cedric team. Wilson. They had Cedric Wilson. Yeah, That's the thing. I mean, even, even like the deck injury is huge, but like yeah. they lost their starting left guard last night who was playing because Tyler Smith had to move out to left tackle because they left, they lost Tyron Smith. They also, uh, starting safety, J. Ron Curse was out leaving the game on crutches. So it's not even just Dak. Like they're losing key starters elsewhere. Uh, they're not in good shape. Good. That was, could be buried by the time they got here. Eagle fans have to love that. But I will give Tyler Smith, because I kept an eye on him last night in the game. He did not play badly. I thought he could uh, be taken advantage of moving back out the left tackle. Jason Peters wasn't even activated, but you mm. wouldn't have put him into the game because uh, he was playing well. But That's you're right. That's weapon when we play him. That's a <laughs> Offensive line uh, does look like it's not going to be up to snuff and uh, could be a major setback for the Giants. And anything else around the league grab your attention, BLG, above and beyond the birds, finding a way to win 38-35, anything else in the NFL uh, really uh, make you stop and take notice? Well, it's really annoying for the Eagles that the Saints uh, ended up winning against the Falcons. The Fal- No team knows how to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory better than the Atlanta Falcons, who were up 16 points with uh, just under 13, I believe, in the fourth quarter. And it's looking like, oh, you know, this is this is a nice sign for that Eagles first round pick that the Saints uh, they they have from the Saints in the 2023 NFL draft. But sure enough, Falcons blew it like they always do. No matter who the coach is, who the quarterback is, who the GM does, they find a way to blow it. And uh, the Saints eke out a one point victory. So uh, a little good to see that the Saints maybe be aren't as good as all these people seem to inexplicably think they're going to be. Uh, oh, like you're still you're still predicting like six or seven wins for the Saints, huh? I mean, I don't know about that. I think the NFC is so weak they can, you know, win nine, uh, be a you know a wild card kind of team. But I mean, I'm not. Peter King is out here saying they're going to like make the Super Bowl and win the one seed. I think that's a I'm bit not, much. I'm not ready to go there, but I think they're winning yeah. double good games. I think they're winning ten this year. Eagles pick is not going to be good. The Saints pick is not going to be good. So if you're thinking about getting into the top five by combining those t- two picks, you better add two more twos to it to make that kind of a move not happening. They're both going to be good this year. I agree with that. It's, it's, it's not going to be high. I don't think it's going to be in the top 10. But I think, you know, there's a chance they could miss the postseason or, you know, again, make a wild card and then get bounced. So then that pick is around 19 uh, instead of in the 20s. That's kind of the ideal, realistic scenario. But uh, it would have been very helpful if the Falcons had actually beaten them, but they didn't. And then, oh, by the way, uh, good showdown game, week 17. You want to drop that uh, Saints pick a peg? You get them in week 17. You handle your own business here in Philadelphia. BLG, you always do a good job handling your business when you come on with us. His website, Bleeding Green Nation, is a must-hop on for any Philadelphia Eagle fans. He's got some great stuff up there today. Thanks for sharing with us here on Birds 365, buddy. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Have a good one, man. Brandon Lee Gatton from Bleeding Green Nation here with us on Birds 365. All right. Barry Brooks in for Johnny Mac. Johnny Mac will be back here tomorrow. We are on Birds 365 for sure. He's in transit coming back from Detroit. Got a couple more things I got to run by Big B before we put a bow on the show here on Birds 365.
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Up and go first. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pond Lee Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Barrett Brooks in for Johnny Mac with me, Jody Mac, John Birds 365. Uh, we've got a uh, solid 10 minutes still with you here um, before we get ready for Rick Saratella coming up next here on the Jacob uh, Sports YouTube channel. I, B, I do need to address this, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this Tuesday and Wednesday, and then Thursday and Friday, and then Monday again as well, because remember, Eagles Vikings is Monday night next week. Um, on our uh, uh, stream here, got a uh, Viking fan checking in who's ready to skull up against the Eagles and did mention that this is a major revenge match for the Vikings for 2017 and what the Eagles did them in a championship game, which was a beat down and a half. That was now five years ago. Five. Yeah, we out of Barrett, five yeah. years ago. When the Eagles did what they did to the Vikings. Oh, by the way, they've since played twice in yeah, the regular season. Exactly. And the Vikings have beaten them both times. Sorry yep. to say, Eagle fans, but the Vikings won in 2018. After that, the, the playoff game was actually early 2018. Regular season 2018, Vikings beat the Eagles. 2019 in Minnesota, the Vikings kind of smacked the Eagles around. It wasn't even a competitive game, put up almost 40 points. So the whole revenge thing, 
oh, this is going to be a revenge game for the Minnesota Vikings. Please stop. That's out. It was four plus years ago, and I promise, I I didn't think we were going to have to deal with this right away, so I haven't done my homework yet on it. How many guys are left on that Viking team? There's only a handful of Eagles left on that team that won the Super Bowl, which would naturally make you believe they'd be sticking around that much further. How many guys who actually played for Minnesota when the Eagles crushed them here in Philly on that championship game do you actually think are left on this Viking squad? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at the roster now. Not many. I mean, I, I know the safety was there. Um, right. Name? Uh, Harrison Smith, he was there. Um, Harrison Smith, uh, who after that? Daniel Hunter was there. Uh, Eric Kendricks was there. That's it on a diesel defensive side of the ball. The offensive side of the ball, Adam Thielen was there. Thielen. Uh, Kirk Cousins was there. Irv Smith was there, and Dalvin Cook was there. Other than that, well, so it's actually I, I'll, I'll say that it's more than I thought. I thought it would be two or three. It's more like six. Yeah. But uh, come on, stop with the whole revenge thing. You know, and, and plus, you know, when you look at it, it's, it's a totally different team. The schematics of the of the um of what they do now is totally different. Like you know, the, it's a reason why. You know, um, Justin Jefferson had over 180 yards. Schematically, they've changed. Um, Offensive coordinator Wes Phillips, he was there with the Rams, and he's the one that orchestrated that that offense that allowed Cooper Cup and, and Matthew Stafford to have all them yards. The way they call those plays, he's the GOAT. He's going to be the guy that's going to be open all the time. So how do you stop Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford? Take that philosophy and bring it over to Minnesota, and you have to go through the same thing with a far better player in, in you know, in, in Justin Jefferson than Cooper Cup is. So, I mean, this, it, 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 it could be ugly if you can't stop those two. You know, this, 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 is, this is something I've been, I'm going to have to think about a lot, our defense stopping this scheme that they have Justin Jefferson running. I mean, this guy looks like he's always, just like Cooper Cup, it looks like he's always free. He's always open. On plays, I don't know how they do it, and I can't wait to sit down and really look at it. But it seems like Cooper Cup is always open, just like Justin Jefferson. This last game looked like he was always open whenever they wanted to throw to him. How do you stop that? Then the scary thing is, and I know we'll be touching on it here. You'll be talking about it on NBC. Justin Jefferson should have been an Eagle. That, yes, uh, absolutely. That that, that unfortunately gonna that conversation is gonna rear its ugly head again this Jody, year. They, we gave we gave we gave them back. Um, we, we gave them back. Uh, you know their guy Jalen Rager. They we gave him back to us. So now you owe us. Give us give us Jefferson back. They, they got him. Us. They got him for a slightly lesser cost than a first round draft pick <laughs> at the Vikings, who didn't didn't quite target him in game number one, but he did return one punt. So Jalen, good for you. Uh, we'll see you back here in Philadelphia next Monday night. All right. Jonathan Gannon talking to the team, individual meetings. They're breaking down in their own rooms, but the DC is going to talk to them across the board. What's the message he's going to try and get across? Barrett Brooks says, we know the offensive line for the Lions played well, so I'm cutting you guys slack. Or do you think he creates another orifice? Well, they already know that they got to play better. They got to do whatever it takes to stop, stop the bleeding. You know, they were, they let them run all over them. So they got to go in and, and change conceptually 
how they think about using that defensive line. I mean, they've got to generate some type of pass rush. They cannot go out there and say that they're going to blitz every single time in order to get pressure on the quarterback. Guys up front have to figure out whatever it is to, to, to you know, pass rush and get by their defender, I mean, their offender, and, and, and make some plays. Pass rush has to be there. They've got to generate pressure by just rushing four. We can't send five all the time. So he's got to put it on those big guys up front. You know, he's got to put it on Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox, Hargrave, Sweat, Graham. He's got to look at those guys individually and be able to go out there and, and, and influence the game by themselves instead of sending pressure. That's the big thing. You know, talk to the guys up front. You know, I, I have to put it on their shoulders. This is where we have the most experience on the defensive side of the ball. It's where we're more experienced at. Let us help you become a better passer. How can we make you a better passer? What position can I put you guys in to rush the passer? Because you guys didn't rush the passer this last game. And Hassan Reddick, who I thought was an outstanding signing. And again, one game. I, I'm not writing Hassan Reddick off by any stretch of the imagination. I like the kid. I thought he was a great signing by the Eagles. I'm sticking by it. He was non-existent yesterday. So they need to find a way to get him uh, deeper into the backfield. And if it means blitzing, you, you keep refer referencing the blitzing. He did more than he did last year, yesterday, mm -hmm. than as compared to last season. Not by that much. And, oh, by the way, he blitzed less than any other team in the National Football League. So there was only one direction to go, and that yes. was up with more blitzing. <laughs> I, I think he can – I think he may be forced to do even more of it this week against Minnesota because uh, if you just say, now you guys need to be better on the defensive line. Fletcher Cox, David Hargrave, uh, Hassan Brett, you just need to be better. Well, it's easy to say. You might act actually give them a helping hand which means even more blitzing for him. We're going to have to see how it shakes out. All right, uh, BB, I appreciate your uh, greatly hopping in for Johnny Mac. Didn't know what time his flights were going to be till the weekend, and then he happened to be coming back right while Birds 365 was airing. So I appreciate your getting up early and hopping on for me. Sometimes uh, you got to call in the righty. Not the lefty, but the righty. you got to call in the righty sometimes. Are you a righty? I didn't yes, even know right. you're a righty or a lefty. <laughs> uh, he's a big righty, and he gave us a big hand today by hopping in for Johnny Mac. Uh, what time? I know you got to grab a bite. What do you do between yeah, now? Yeah, man, I'm, 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 I just worked out. I got the early workout in. I'm good with that. Now I'm going to go get something to eat, you know. I might make a... Some boiled eggs and some bacon, man, or something like that, bro. So get something to eat, and then I'm back on back on the on the, on the bench again, and and riding out with uh sports tape. Yes, uh, tell Mr. D Gun and Mr. Rob Ellis we send our regards. Uh, B, thanks for hopping on. We'll punch up as a guest. I don't know when I'm gonna need you back as a co-host again, but if I do, if I gotta ask Xander, your name will be at the top of the list. Good. Thanks for filling the void here today. I love Nathan Hoffman. He said thanks, Barrett. Mick Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jody, appreciate you, man. <laughs> you got it. That's Barrett Brooks here. Filling in for Johnny Mac today. All your Birds 365 guys will be back, and I believe it's going to be Johnny Mac. You're going to have to tune in to find out in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs> 
the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.